Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Grand final week, nothing better. Following are some memories from guys that have been there and done it, sometimes more than once. This is the only podcast where you actually hear from the legends themselves, and we've got six for you on this episode alone. Enjoy part one of our grand final special. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Let's wind back the clock. The date, the 22nd of September, 1991. The venue, the Sydney Football Stadium, with 41,815 fans. The event, the ARL Grand Final. And the two teams, for the second year running, the Canberra Raiders and the Penrith Panthers. Our look at the game is through the eyes of Penrith legend and captain Greg Alexander. Mate, do you still look back and smile all these years later? Um, I do, Andy, and it's always at this time of the year, grand final week, you always catch a replay or a bit of the game on Fox, um, and it does, you know, it makes you think about that day and that year and uh, the time we had. Um, but this this year, even more so, with Penrith in the grand final, mm. um, it brings back, you know, the memories are a little bit, little bit thicker and a little bit quicker. Is there one moment that stands out above others? Uh, in the in the game, the grand the, the, the grand final, um, not really. Um, and I, I've I've forgotten a lot of the game. You know, you have to watch it to remember it. Yeah. Actually, um, but uh, you know, the the finish of it was um, the, well. The best I felt through that game was when I knew we we'd won the game, and that was kicking the goal after Royce's second try. Yep. You know, there was still three or four minutes left, but that was the moment where I knew that we had it won. So. That stands out. Such an emotional win for the players, for their families, for the club and community of Penrith. And I think it is all encapsulated in that beautiful photo of you and mum with mum leaning over the fence, giving you a kiss, tears in her eyes. It just shows how much sport can mean to all of us. Yeah, that's true, Andy. You know, and it's it's not – it wasn't just, this, you know, the 15 players as it was back then um, – that took the field, uh, you know, it wasn't even our team. It was, it meant so much more to, to everyone else that had, that had lived through the times out at Penrith and, you know, the club struggled for recognition and for respect for, for 25 years, um, you know, for all the hard work that had gone before us and, you know, to remember those that, that had gone, the, the work done before us and all the people that had supported Penrith over the years, it was, you know, finally their day. A few changes to the two sides from 12 months prior. To sum it up, you guys had a young playing roster, fearless, keen, ruthless, and a local bunch that were enjoying themselves. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know, and you need all those ingredients to, to fall into place. Um, we had, as you said, some experience. And I, 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 was, I wasn't young. That was, you know, 91 was my eighth season. So, you know, I'd, I'd been around for a while. Um, Royce's last game. But, you know, we had a, a group of young players and a group of Penrith boys, basically, yeah. that had grown up together. Um, you know, at different ages, we're, we're all sort of uh, had come through that Penrith, the Penrith juniors at, at different ages. Some had played together. I played with Fandy all my life, Johnny Cartwright. Uh, MG came through with a couple of others. Um, you know, then there was Ben and Scarter, Steve Carter and, and others. But yeah, it was, it was a good group and it was, a you know, the perfect mix. And you need that to win a comp. Roycey Simmons, saving the best to last. It mightn't have been his finest game, but two tries in the GF, what a way to go out. Yeah, he's pretty good, Simo. You know, yeah. if, you, if you had to, Bradley Clyde wasn't going, you know, didn't get the Clive Churchill medal. And, you know, I, I think voting errors were the only reason he got it. Yeah. You, you know, you, you couldn't have denied Royce. <laughs> Your last game, two tries. Um, and apart from the two tries, you know, he, he, he fired us up defensively in that second half when MG got binned, um, you know. So it was it was a, a, a very fitting way for, for Royce to go out. Mark Guyer, of course, your brother-in-law. You've been mates for 40 years as well. What a day he had. Uh, very Mark Guyer, all in the headlines, but 10 minutes in the sin bin in a bloody grand final. I know. I know, and 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 um, you know, speaking about the grand final this week, I, MG was another one that could have easily won the Clive Churchill. He was yeah. involved in um, you know all the tries we scored, uh, the play that you know he came up with off the short drop kick from Scott Gale that led to Royce's try was just so MG. Yeah, but you're right. The ten minutes in the bin uh, shook the side up, but. It, uh, you know, we were able to survive while he was off the field. And, and I think in the end, you know, it, it might have been a good thing, Andy. It, in hindsight, that the game changed then. They they dominated. Even though we scored first, they, they finished that first half on top. Uh, the second half, they didn't get out of their own 50-metre own area. They, I don't know if they played the ball inside our half. And our defence was amazing. Um, we kept them pinned down there. It took a long time to break them down, but we were patient enough and, you know, we finally got it done. But, uh, yeah, MG was enormous that day. Another guy enormous and often doesn't get the raps I think he deserves, and he got your back level, Brad Izzard. Yeah, no, what a champion Wiz was. And I, I love playing with Wiz, and I, I will always say that, you know, as a halves combination, he was my favourite 5'8 to play with. He was a was such a great ball runner. Um, and, you know, he played State of Origin. Well, he played for New South Wales, you know, when he was 19. And probably should have had a, a more successful career than, than what he did. Probably should have played more rep football if, if in terms, that's what, if that's what you sort of, that's how you're measuring success. But, yeah, he was a great player. Came off the bench. Him and John Cartwright came off the bench. And that was another thing that I thought worked in our favour with uh, both Cardi and Wiz coming onto the field in the second half gave us a, a bit more punch. 
a forward pack that reads Paul Clark, Roy Simmons, Paul Dunn, Mark Geyer, Barry Walker, Cole Vandervoort. Gee, there's some tough there. And we talk about defence. We talk about that's how you win grand finals and big games. Uh, as a halfback, you'd feel a level of security playing with that bunch of six. Yeah, you know, they were, they were terrific. You know, Nobby Clark and Paul Dunn were, were good signings by the club. We needed front rowers that would take us, um, you know, we could play off the back of. And Nobby, Nobby was brilliant that year. I, he, arguably the best front row in the game uh, for 91. And uh, always landed, got half got through the defence uh, and gave us a quick play the ball. And as a half, I, I, I appreciated that. Vandy was a champion. You know, he'd, he'd been around playing since since I played. And so we, we'd sort of come through the, the juniors together. And Barry Walker was a, a very good forward, uh, mobile, and tough. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was a good pack. And it needed to be because we're up against a side that, um, you know, had Stuart Daly, Meninga, Belcher, Clyde, Lazarus, Walters, um, you know, so that that's a pretty handy side, Gambra side, and and our, our blokes, our blokes more than held their own in the middle. Scores are locked at twelve all. Seven minutes remain. You're forty something meters out. It's the last tackle, and the ball goes to you. Have you ever hit a field goal any sweeter? Um, well, Andy, it was she was a, she was an ugly looking, yeah. ugly looking kick. Um, and I was surprised in the end that it, that it made it. And it was a snap decision. I w- really wasn't thinking field goal because I thought we're too far out. Um, but there was no chase from the Canberra defence or, or it wasn't as quick as I thought it would have yep. been. Um, so I decided to have, have a crack. And uh, it was one of those floating drop kicks yep. that just kept floating and just kept going. But, yeah, it was good feeling. But... I, 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 there was no excitement in me at that stage, even though that you know we hit the front for the first time in the second half. It, um, you know, I knew there was a fair bit of work to do. So thirteen uh, twelve was was handy, but I knew it wasn't going to be enough. That last try to Roy Simmons, as you said, extremely important from Mark Guy, but the conversion from the sideline, the Eastern Touchline at the old SFS. Run us through it, your memories. Well, I couldn't have hit that any sweeter. Yeah. That, that's the one that I that I absolutely nailed. Like that was from the sideline, and it was it it seemed like it was you know it was halfway up the uprights when it was still going through. So I absolutely nailed it, um, dead straight. Didn't move an inch. And um, you know, if ever you wanted to kick a kick your best or save your best to last, that was it. So you know, that put a seven in front with. Not enough time left on the clock for Canberra, but they did they did get the ball back from the kickoff. So God God knows how I would have felt if the kick had have missed and we're only up by five. But she was all over by then, Andy. Once that kick once it left my boot, I knew it was going through and um, the relief hit me. A magical moment, the nineteen ninety one grand final, Penrith nineteen twelve winners there first and a little bit of history. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. 
Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week, and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered The Blast. Let's wind back the clock. The date, Sunday the 2nd of October 2016. The venue, Sydney's Olympic Stadium. And the event was the NRL Grand Final between the Cronulla Sharks and the Melbourne Storm in front of 83,625 fans. Cronulla had won 15 straight games earlier in the season. The core group of this footy side were playing, I think, career-best footy. The club had entered into the competition in 1967. They hadn't won a premiership and they were sick of the jokes. The Storm were playing their sixth grand final in 10 years. They were the benchmark. They had won the final round game against Cronulla to claim the minor premiership. Our look at the game is through the eyes of Cronulla legend Luke Lewis. You'd won a premiership previously with the Panthers, mate. Was this week, this experience any different? Two oh three. Oh, anyway, bring back some memories. Just reading it out, but it was totally different. Uh, I remember back in two thousand three, I was a young kid, and I was just, I was just having a ball. And I remember Craig Gow sort of said, uh, "Boys, just enjoy the week and the occasion, and uh, you know, just sort of take it as it comes." But fast forward another what, sixteen, oh, 14 years, I think it was yep. between drinks, wherever it was. But um, mate, going back to grand final week when I was a lot older, I, I actually went, "Oh wow, like this is what it's all about." You know, we're doing you know, the photos and, and going to the footy show and, you know, you're actually watching it from the older the older boys' uh, eyes. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually soaked it all up a lot more when I was older because I didn't appreciate it when I was a young kid, which is very sad to say because um, I always expected it to happen, you know. Like, we're very lucky uh, in 2003, like, it was only two years and we are playing an NRL Grand Final. It was a dream. And it took 14 years to get back there. So, yeah, I think just the appreciation of having that opportunity um, – when it was a lot older, it really hit home. You're not the first bloke to say that, that as a young bloke, when they won a premiership, it it just happened. And you probably didn't realise the gravity and the enormity of the situation and the accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we were kids, mate, everyone I played, you know, you had Luke Rooney, Shane Rodney, Joel Clinton, Trent Wardhouse, all these boys um, that were there. And, and we played SG Ball, Harold Matson. We made, you know, major semifinals or grand finals. You know, we're winning games. Uh, we're sitting at the top of the competition. We won yeah. the minor premiership. Uh, no one gave us a chance. Everyone wrote us off. And mate, we just had so much belief. And uh, I just thought that was going to happen all the time. Uh, then we won the grand final. Next thing you know, we're going on the kangaroo tour. And just, mate, all these things happen so fast. And you go, oh, how good is our life? We're only young kids. I think I was 19 at the time. Little did I know how much hard work had to go into it, how many things had to fall into place. And yeah, I look back now, I appreciate it so much. It was a low-scoring first half, just the eight points, but it was tough. It was extremely tough. What do you remember that first 40 minutes? I was so confident about the, the 16 grand final going into it. I remember getting on the bus before we went out there, and I had this funny feeling that we are going to win. I said to Mickey, and we'll win today. I just had this feeling. Uh, ran out the field, and, uh, yeah, we, we played pretty much the perfect half of footy. Yeah. I think we had any errors in the first 40 minutes. Um, we're up 8-0. Uh, we had a couple of opportunities. 
Uh, I remember early, uh, James Maloney made a beautiful break. I pushed up in support, got tackled an inch from, from the uh, trial line and uh, I, I wanted to reach out so bad. But uh, <laughs> I knew if I did, uh, I'd give away a penalty and, and Melbourne would be up the other end. But, um, yeah, two plays later, uh, Big Gowser calls this play, big man down, and we get that play on. And, and all the little things that we tried for the last two years sort of come together on that night because that play where Benny Barber scored, we'd practiced that play in a game, oh, I reckon, you know, five or six times 2015, put it on a few times, you know, during 16, never worked. And the biggest occasion of all, uh, Gowser calls it, sees something. So everyone got straight into position and, and it come off. But um, I always had so much trust and belief in the players that never for one second in that first half or even halfway through that second half, I think we're going to lose until uh, obviously Buddy Will Chambers crossed the line and, oh, no, what's going on here? But, uh, mate, that was one of the best features we've ever had behind the line and it come from the, uh, obviously, the 5'8 and James Maloney. And mate, I think he hit the nail on the head. He, he said exactly what we needed to hear at that point in time and everyone reacted to it and uh, we just got back into the groove and we were lucky enough to hold on. What was the speech? What did Jimmy Maloney have to say? Well, mate, you know what? He doesn't speak too much. Uh, and usually when he does speak, he's always mucking around and yeah, you know, having a bit of a laugh or whatever it is. But he pulled everyone in. He just said right there and then he goes, boys, we knew tonight was never going to be everything our way. He said, "Stay. just give me the next five sets of our best defensive set that we've done all year. And get in position and we'll come up with the right play. Everyone bought into it. Mate, we went down. We had a good good kickoff, great uh, set of defense. We yep. sort of limited uh, Melbourne's meters. Worked their way up. We were real patient with the ball. Kept getting to a kick. You know, really focused on our kick chase. And, um, you know, the first, the next five sets, we just put all our focus into it with our D. And we finally got our opportunity down the line. Uh, I think we've got a repeat set. A nice little kick from James Loney again. And then, um, you know, Mickey Anna sets up a beautiful play. We've got a nice shape out the right. But it was funny, you know, we had that shape all year. And the way that the whole defensive line was sort of lined up against us, I knew we were going to score just a matter of which option you took. So, yeah, but Mickey Ennis obviously took the, the short board a, a theatre and he had five blokes in front of him and sends the ball down. But, again, it all come from the speech from James Maloney about giving us that chance to get up there. Don't stress about pushing the ball out. and Don't try and chase points. It will come if we just believe in the process. So it worked. So here's Ennis now. Fafita tries to crash his way over. He does. Fafita got the ball over the line. Michael Ennis and Ben Barber celebrate. They mate. saw what I saw. I've got to try. We all saw what you saw. Fafita's got it on the ground. Well, that's what he's capable of. And the big fella, he's just an awkward big thing. He's hard to handle when he gets his steam up and he just... We see Andrew Fafita maintains possession and grounds the ball in the end goal. Have a decision and going to the board. So it's going to be green lights. Cronulla are about to be back in front. 11 minutes to go. It was the Andrew Fafita try. He went on a tear. Pretty special, Louis. Oh, mate, it's mind-blowing, to be honest. It's still, now you see that try. Um, I don't understand how he got down. I really don't. There was five uh, Melbourne players there. Um, he spun out. He had the ball in a real weird, awkward position, like his wrist was holding the ball. Any sort of movement touches that ball, any hand, any elbow, knee touches that ball, it falls out. Um, but it was just stuck to his arm beautifully. And he's seen a little bit of a white line. He just slammed it straight down. But, um, mate, that was the best feeling in the world. I was probably in the perfect position. Mm. Uh, I was lining up, ready to run the line uh, for the sweep runner and Betty Barbs. And 
I was looking at the feeder and I seen he put it down. And mate, as soon as they went up to the um, the video ref, I said, "That's try time. We're we're back in front." And um, mate, that will go down as probably one of the greatest grand final tries I reckon, uh, especially for you know, what was on the line um, to get us back in. We probably wouldn't have got another opportunity against probably the best defensive team in the competition for the last couple of years. 14-12 to Cronulla, the next 10 minutes. It wasn't about ability. It was about character. It was about who wanted it the most. Melbourne kept coming and coming and coming up until the final play of the game. They they threatened to steal the premiership literally with two seconds to go. It was funny. You, know, you watched that last minute uh, from the scrum play. And I remember during the, during the year when I used to put this game together, we'd have 13 v 7. Um, but the seven had to defend the whole width of the field and we had to stop them from scoring tries. So uh, we'd practised it over and over and over again. And um, mate, that night, if you, you know, if you're at the training field, you watch that, uh, that last play and you can actually see the training drill come into effect. And we were just scrambling everywhere. And when Melbourne went to the right, uh, we sort of all got over, they shut it down, then went back to the left. But if you actually watch it, you see our line slowly get back together and waited for the opportunity to come. And then, uh, obviously, Ricky Latelli knew it was one-on-one and he's had to go and make it on Corabidi and, yeah, the game was over. But um, I do believe if we didn't play that game during the whole 2016 season, that probably we'd probably lose that game at the end there. A lot of great individual performances. For mine, it was a team that showed the character of its coach, Shane Flanagan. He's tough. He's uncompromising. He just doesn't stop. And that, I think, sums up the way the 17 players played on that night. Yeah, absolutely. I think Flano done a great job with the whole group, not, not just the 17 that were out there, but our whole squad of 33 at the time. Um, you know, I think he kept everyone fresh. He got everyone hungry. He got everyone motivated. Uh, and he got everyone to believe in, the, in what we, we believed in. And everyone bought into it. Uh, but, mate, that night, there was so many class performances. And you know, I, I'll say it again. Every time I look at that Clive Churchill medal, Mate, I just think of the, the 17 players that ran out that night. I mean, I'll never forget the way that we played during the year. But the guys who stand out for me are like, you're not the ones that you know, had blinders. It's, it's like your players like uh, Jack Bird, you know, yep. Valentine Holmes, Ricky Natelli, Sasai Fecky, you know, Benny Barber, those kind of guys. They've done so many uh, tough carries out of their back end. They, they had up so many metres. Mm. Uh, they got their defence right out wide. You know, Jack Bird dislocated his elbow, tore his ligaments in his elbow. He probably misses 12 weeks if, he, if he's in a general, in a normal game of footy. Mm. Uh, he continued and stayed on. Mate, some of the carries had the back end of that half. It just got us on the front foot time after time again. Uh, and the execution had done me half for Big Giannis. Hey, it just it gives me goosebumps talking about it. It was the best team I've ever played in. I, I loved everything about it, but you're 100% right. I think Flano you know, just knew how to get the best out of it. So, mate, it, it all come down to that last play. And um, you know, I think everyone understands why we actually come away with that win is because of the work we did, we did during the year and, and everyone just believed in the process. The final whistle, the dressing rooms, the streets of Cronulla, the presentation night. Five years on, what's the one memory that stands out to you? Oh, mate, look, the, the memory for me that stands out the most is when we got back to, to Shark Park. Uh, obviously, you know, it's awesome when you, um, you finish the game and you know you've got the win. You know, I look over, I see my daughter there for the first time in the grand final. All I ever wanted to, is to have my daughter do a lap of honour. I got to do that with uh, my, my wife. Uh, my family was there. But the part that I loved the most is when we actually got off the bus at Cronulla, we all walked into the change rooms where we'd been there for years, where we've had some down times and we've had some really good times. But 
we're all just having a laugh. We're all sitting in our training gear. Everyone's got their rings on. But the trophy just sitting there. Um, it was the best feeling in the world. And we knew that the crowd uh, were out in the field uh, waiting for us to come out. And you can hear them singing up, up, Cronulla. And, mate, walking up the back stairs uh, to go up the top, holding that trophy and and just looking around with all the smiles on each other's faces, mate. I'll, I'll never get that out of my head. That was probably the best feeling in the world. And and now what we were just about to walk out to when yeah. we went on that top uh yeah, top grandstand there was uh, was a pretty surreal feeling. A wonderful grand final. Cronulla claiming their first, scoring a 14 points to 12 win over Melbourne to take out the 2016 NRL Premiership. Let's go back to the 2002 Premiership Grand Final. Sydney Roosters enforcer, Adrian Morley. Ricky's intensity rubs off. The defensive system, the intent, the physicality used by Ricky and you guys was new. It was brutal. It was successful. Fast forward 20 years, it's still the same, mate. The, that rushing defence and picking out a guy and just putting him on his ass. Yeah, yeah. well, I, uh, you know, I obviously enjoyed that way of being coached. And, um, you know, uh, we, we did have a, a fit set of forwards, uh, you know, Luke Rickardson, Craig Fitzgibbon, and uh, we could we could uh, play really, really intense for for long periods of time. So we all uh, enjoyed that that way of, of defending, and and it suited us. And um, you know, we won the last. I think we won the last nine games straight to to take out the the, the grand final, which was uh, an amazing finish to uh, to a great year. You mentioned Fitzy. Craig Fitzgibbon, who could be the nicest guy and the biggest gentleman to ever play the game of rugby league since 1908, but he was the <laughs> silent assassin on the field at this time, a guy that was as hard as they come. Do you agree? Yes, 100%. He's, he's up there with my, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, you, everyone you play with, you've got a, a bond and a camaraderie and and that kind of thing, but he was probably my, my favourite teammate. Just just the way he played the game, uh, no nonsense. Would would leave everything out there. You know, there's, there's probably three or four players who, who I could pick out. Who, who uh, there's Jamie Peacock in the UK, and yep. you know, it's that that kind of um, that type of player is Craig Fitzgibbon, and no no, no matter what. Uh, state his body was in, you know, leading up to the game. If he said he was playing, he'd give he'd give you no less than hundred percent on the field, and and that's what you want. And uh, yeah, he was uh, just a worker and a grafter, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure to, to to play all them years with him. Thirty-two meters out from the line, Minicello got a quick play. The ball, Fletcher got in and away. Mullins goes for the accelerator. Mullins gets the ball inside. Shannon Hegarty. Hegarty will score. First points of the grand final. Scored by Shannon Hegarty. Crocker again. Fittler goes from the left side. Works over to the right side. Here's Craig Wing and Craig. Craig Wing is in to score. Well, Brad Fittler knew that it was time to stand tall. And he has come from the left to the right and combined with his number seven. The 2002 Grand Final, what stands out? What memory stands above all the others? Well, I remember sitting in the in the changing room before the game. Uh, obviously, I didn't, I didn't realise how big the sport was in Australia until the Roosters made the Grand Final. And no matter where you looked, I used to live in Coogee, and no matter where you looked, there was uh, red, white and blue flags and 
and their posters, etc., all around. So that the the town went absolutely mad. Well, I remember being sat in the changing rooms and, and I opened the program and um, and there was a bit of a piece on me saying which which list will Morley join? And there's a list of English players who who played in a grand final and lost. And there's about six or seven names and a list of English players who played in a grand final and won on the other side of the page. And again, there's only about six or seven names, but so I knew I'd, I'd join one of these elite groups, you know, winning or losing, but I just thought I just want to join the, the winning one. So, uh, but I enjoyed reading the piece, you know, looking at the, the famous names throughout the years, because there's not that many uh, English players who, who played in such the big showpiece in Australia. And uh, but that that was nice reading that, and then obviously when we got the win, I knew we joined the, the the right side, the winning side, and it was uh, it was great. But but since getting the win, really, um, I mean the, the the you know the memories of you know winning and the celebrating and all that were uh, were fantastic, and they'll, they'll stay with me. But I think it was getting that win that that I really got accepted then uh, off the Aussies, off off the press, off. Uh, opponents, teammates and, and everyone really and since getting that win I felt there was a bit of uh, bit of weight and a bit of pressure off me then and after that it was uh, it was plain sailing then. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat. Just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Best grand final ever, 1989, 1997 ARL, perhaps. What about 2015? All were brilliant. It depends who you support. The Brisbane Broncos, North Queensland Cowboys in 15 is our focus. Joining us is a guy who won a premiership as a player in 94 and was on the coaching staff with the Cowboys that year, Dave Ferner. A very special night and a cracking game of footy, mate. Oh, and it was... What was the, what they call the local derby in Queensland? Yeah. It was Brisbane, you know, the Broncos versus the Cowboys. If you can remember during the season, there was it was always there's probably a, a, a point or two points in between it, and it uh, two great sides. Uh, they they actually went through the semi-finals and, and very you know played some very good games. So we were set for a, a big grand final. The North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, had been in the grand final. Obviously, Brisbane had won plenty. This is a team there that um, you know hadn't. This was this was embarking on their first ever premiership win. So it was a huge game, huge crowd. Um, obviously, the result at the end and how it finished. But wow, what what a game! As an assistant coach, you weren't in the box. You were on the bench with the headphones on. Uh, are the ears still ringing? Because it was 83 minutes of pure madness. Oh, it was. And it was, you know, it was different different parts of the game there that, uh, you know, like it, it, in particular at the end, if you, if, you, if you remember the game, you know, Brisbane started pretty strong. They yeah. got a couple of tries, um, broke us pretty early. We sort of fought our way back. And then it sort of led its way to that, that, that end result there to get uh, Kyle Felt to score in the corner. Now, if you can remember, 
you know, like something like, and this is when you're talking about, you know, on edge, you know, JT had been knocked over all game. Yeah. And uh, if you can remember just before that, JT still had a ball, he, he pirouetted, he went back, he went to the other side, passed it to Morgan, Morgan then sort of held it up, then got to Kyle Felt and scored in the corner. Well, he's got to kick the goal. Yeah. You know, like he's got to kick the goal to win. So there was a lot of moments in that game that uh, was uh, just so exciting to be a part of. Here's one you may not know. We did an interview with Kevy Walters for the Legends series, and he was in the opposing coach's box on that night, and he tells the story of Jonathan Thurston lining up to take that kick and that little pest, Alan Langer. <laughs> I know who you're going to say. In, he, in his jockey's voice, walking past JT, thousand bucks, you miss it, John, eh? Thousand bucks, you miss it. <laughs> As it turned out, he uh, he hit the uprights and we went into golden point. Overtime, is there much communication from the coach's box down to you or is it just dead silent? Oh, there was a lot going on at the time. And, and talking about that moment there, I remember sending our guy with the blue shirt to go get Alfie out of the way. I remember. Is that right? I, oh, yeah, I could see Alfie around there. And Alfie being Alfie. Yeah. That would be a, a typical. Uh, that that would be Alfie uh, typically trying to harass someone. So yep. I remember sending our blue shirt down there and said, "Mate, get him out of the way." You yeah. know, like he's he's got a kick to come. But um, it does at that at that moment you've got interchanges. How many you got? We're changing over, and I think too the. Um, I remember we, you know, I, I remember John A sort of coming over. I wanted to know, you know, do we kick off a receive? I just threw out there, kick off. <laughs> no, I, I was at the thing, and I think, well, Greeny tells me he, he would have said the same thing, but it was just at that time he, he yep. wanted a response. I was always of the belief I'd rather kick off, yep. you know, I'd rather kick off and, and get into them early there, those couple of sets, and, and try and take field position. Little did I know that uh, what happened after that. The kick off, the drop ball. Is there panic or is there calm from the Cowboys? Coaching staff at this stage, I think. Uh, I think it was at that time. There it was just up to the players. It was yep. up to Jono how they set it up. Uh, how Jimmy Tarmel that, that doesn't sometimes you, you lose the sight of how quick he played the ball for yep. Jono to get that kick away. And um, and and obviously JT had been in that position before during the year, and he just oh, it was just amazing there that, that how he how he got it over. So. You know, people is, you know, I think it, even when just before we got to extra time, people around the bench thought we'd lost. You know, there was a little bit of you know, that. So there's a lot of all emotions that go through it. But in the end, obviously, um, obviously, John O uh, nailed that, that field goal. Special to be a part of and play a part in North Queensland's first ever title. Thanks for dropping in, Fernsey. Gordon Tallis won three premierships throughout a decorated career. 1997, 98 and 2000, but he played in four grand finals. Let's go back to the 1992 and 93 seasons. In back-to-back years, the Brisbane Broncos played the St George Dragons in the grand final of the Australian Rugby League. In 92, the Broncos were crowned premiers with an emphatic 28 points to 8 win. Twelve months later, the two sides did it again. On the bench for the Dragons... A very young Gordon Tallis, who, by his own admissions, wasn't ready for this level of football. Gordy recalls what stood out most from the day. Tina Turner. Yeah. 
That's huge at the time. Huge at the time. And that's why I realised I wasn't ready, Andy. So I'm yep. playing in the grand final. Tina Turner was in, and then the old dress rooms, and you know the dress rooms there at the yeah. SFS, and the doors opened up, and I saw this huge commo- um, a commotion outside, and it was Tina Turner there, and she had the black and her legs, and she was 60, and I'm thinking, wow, Tina Turner. Now, fast forward 10 years, I wouldn't even have noticed who was playing. Had no idea yeah. who played at any of the other grand finals. Mm. Have no idea. No. That grand final, I remember yeah. everything. So it just, to me, it proves that I wasn't totally focused on what my job was, and you know, I went out there and tried my best, but Brisbane was so good. I think we beat them in about, just say, I don't know, if it was 22 rounds, we beat them in round 18, like at ANZ Stadium. And then Brisbane had to come the hard way, so they come from fifth, and, mm. you know, I thought that, you know, and they had to beat the Bulldogs, they had to beat the Raiders, I think they might have had to beat Manly, and they had to come in the tough way, and no side had ever won it from fifth. Yeah. So we were sitting in the gun seat, and Jason Stevens clashed with Glenn Lazarus really early in the match and got a compound fracture and Steve A was unbelievable he was he was our big dog back then yep. um, we lost a bit then um, and we never really regained in Brisbane after playing with Brisbane you just know that they're always going to be hard to beat hard to beat that year the Broncos won again 14 points to 6 it was their second premiership in 1997 the competition was split the ARL and Super League Brisbane won the News Limited supported competition with a victory over the Cronulla Sharks, but it felt different. Oh, of course, something was missing. Yes. There was two competitions, and I watched Manly play Newcastle, and I loved that grand final. Yeah, one and, of the greats. And that felt like a grand final. Watching, yeah. watching the Johns boys walk around with their dad, Gary, watching Chief and, and, um, Spud going yeah. at 2V and McDougal standing on his head. Like, I remember that game more than I remember my game. But the next year, stamped that grand final because we played and we beat them all again. 98, you beat Canterbury. It was yeah. a different feeling, wasn't it? Yeah, but we played Newcastle in about round 10 or round yep. 12. And Huge matchup. The build-up to that was enormous. And Wayne Bennett made us build-up. He never yeah. does club games. He... You never build you up, but as boys, if you want to rubber stamp your grand final last year, right? And it was built up as a Super Bowl mm. and all that kind of stuff where the two conferences come together. Well, uh, we played really good that night and beat them. So, um, obviously, it was different teams, it was, it was a different tournament, um, and then we won the grand final. Yeah, the dogs, that was that amazing run where the dogs beat all those sides. You yeah. Know, and, um, and Parramatta was yeah, the one, the I think Eels. it was 18 0, but. I think the dogs were out on their feet with every game, but mm. they just kept on getting there. And I suppose in the grand final, um, they were leading us at half time, which was unusual. Yeah. And we end up running down in the end. At the turn of the century, at the very top of his game, Talis and his Broncos met the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. It was probably the hardest to win yep. because, of the, because of the calibre of play that we lost. In 98, I still say that's the greatest side that I've ever played with. Um, it was an amazing club side, and I would back that team. And I'm not much of a punter, but I'd back that team to beat any team that I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, and I know it's different against the Eras and that Raiders, you know, the 94 Raiders, yeah. and I would love, but not everybody can you know, fight each other in their primes, you know. But mm. um, Can you compare Eras? I find it difficult no, to. No, no, you can't, but I think a great side in one area would be super competitive in the area. Yeah. That Dragon side that won 11 in a row. Just, yep. mate, I would love to play against them. Mm. And I would walk out of my dressing room thinking that we're going to win. 
Yeah. We might not because that side that I played with, we got beaten on a game. Yeah. And you're not, you know, and, and we didn't go through undefeated. So that dragon side, they would have, you know, the dragon. You know, like, mate, their dressing room, mate, when they walk out, I don't think they think they're going to lose, but that's what the great sides do. Andy, you've called boxing for a long time. I don't think there's a fighter in a world title fight thinking he's going out there and he's not going to knock the other bloke exactly out. Exactly right, yeah. You know, and that's what makes sports so great. And 2000, like, we lost, you know, Pearl and Andrew G and all those guys. Um, I think young Dane Carl will come. Uh, Harvey Howard, who who when Tommy was coaching Western, yep. uh, he told Wayne to take Harvey Howard and um, a couple of others and Brett Hodson. He goes, this kid Brett Hodson, and then we had Darren Lockyer at mm. fullback. But, you know, Brett Hodson um, was another guy that Tommy goes, these two kids are going to be really good. And Harvey played in our grand final. It was a totally different side. But it felt like ours. Yeah. It felt, it, it felt like I was a big part of that premiership mm. where the others, even though people see you as a big part of it, but... It was sort of won by Elf and those guys, like, and they were the mainstays. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Let's go back to 2014. The grand final was between South Sydney and Canterbury Bankstown. An amazing game of footy. And the lead-in was equally as amazing. Both hookers actually missed the GF because of incidents in the prelim the week before. Michael Ennis with a broken foot and Isaac Luke through suspension. Appy Corusau, life is about the chances you take, I guess. You took it, mate. Called into a side, excelled, and now have a premiership ring. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy circumstances to be thrown into a grand final, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I was just I was just so glad I was able to be backed by, you know, some of the big names in that team and they had all the faith in me and, you know, let me know that throughout the week as well, which really helped and, um, you know, I was just lucky to get the chocolates in the day. You were only a baby back then, mate. You were learning your craft. How was the week now that you look back on it? <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was actually incredible. Um, nothing, nothing like it ever before. There was, you know, events in the city, um, dinners, we had to wear suits, um, parades and, you know, getting around to all these different functions. And yeah. this is all within a week, uh, you know, leading up to a grand final. And, yeah, it was it was, it was incredible. I was, I was telling the boys actually last year as well, um, for the Penrith one, we uh, weren't able to do any of those sort of commitments. But, um, yeah, it's actually pretty memorable as well, getting around that as well. Is there one thing that stands out about the game above all else or does it all just become a blur? Oh, it's yeah, it's a blur. I honestly wouldn't remember <laughs> much of it if I hadn't seen the replay. <laughs> um, actually, there is one memory that, that does come to mind when I think of the GF, and it's uh, Sam Burgess tapped me on the shoulder, just telling me, you know, I've got to look after him um, a little bit here because, you know, his eye was gone. And you know, after he said that to me, I was, yeah, yeah, that was incredible. 
Wow, because that was first tackle of the game, him and James Graham clashing melons. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And, yeah, I couldn't believe it. He's just saying, yeah, just <laughs> like, you know, he's just letting everyone know. And, you know, just to let the boys fight up, you know, we're ready to do anything for him. South Sydney won at 30-6, to 6, a huge day for Apping Coruscant, our guest and the Cardinal on Myrtle. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. We're changing things around over the off-season. We're starting the week with a return of our Dream Team series. The game's best, past and present, select their best ever and tell us why. Midweeks, we're turning the spotlight onto one of the game's current superstars, featuring a collection of short interviews on a wide range of topics. Our weekend session remains. It has to. We're asking these legends which eight people they'd invite to their place for the perfect weekend session. It's sometimes serious, more often than not, not. Some of the answers are just brilliant. We talk footy, beers and barbecue. It's a beauty. Summer on Unfiltered, where the footy talk never stops.